8. Postmodernity, Postrabbinism, and Primeval Israelism. Opening. This is a whodunit. It is a study meant to smoke out the culprit in the meltdown of humanity when all the time culture was meant to be a liftoff with great expectations. The ones at the helm of our world must have done something very wrong, telling by the sorry state of civilization. And yes, you cannot blame it on God, not after the revelation of the Torah teaching of civilization to humanity. Wonder no more why the world is broken. Only the Torah is revealed, all else is made up. At long last, we're turning the page, and the Torah is rightly understood. Humanity is saved, and we can safely erect the social edifice of civilization on sound foundations and help in saving creations. Caveat. Given the richness of its content, it is, it is a pot, uh, pot, ex, text podcast or ex-podcast, not your regular podcast. Some people may find the Kabbalistic, theological, philosophical, and scientific content unsettling to their beliefs, values, and interests. Listener discretion, study and group, as well as reading the text while listening to the product is to the podcast, to the ex-podcast is highly recommended. Dedication to creatives of a noble cause. Quotations. Bible. No, the Torah. Only the Torah is revealed, all else is made up, unless derived from Genesis 1-1a Aleph. Hans Christian Andersen, the emperor's new clothes, quote, But he has got nothing on, a little child said. But he hasn't got anything on, the whole town cried out at last. Daniel 2, 32-33, quote, Statue, head of gold, arms and chest of silver, belly and thigh of copper, legs of iron, with feet of iron and clay. Daniel 5, 25-28, quote, The writings on the wall, Meme, Meme, Tekel, Ufarshim, H, Ended, failed. Now, crisis as usual. Karl Marx, religion is the opium of the people. Summary of the episodes. Episode 1, episodes 1 to 5 are foundational. Nobody buys intangibles. No, no one buys a house because it has great foundations. Rather, what's above ground is what sells, and only after marketing puts it out there. But when you do decide to buy a house, you sure want it to have great, good foundations. Ex-podcast number 6 stars the edification of the social construct and number 11 or 12 is its finale. Episode 1, Lie and Truth, Big Lie and Big Truth, Part 1. The open episode is about why the world is broken and what to do about it. Why is the world broken? The lie is that the world is broken because it's a broken world. The truth is that the world is broken because we break it. That is, we keep breaking it, trying to fix things, because we really don't know how we know that we know what we know. Episode number two. Enlightened democracy is dead. Long live paradise postmodernity. The peopleist state consists in going from a three to a five power state. That is, on the one hand, the government would consist of the legislative first power for laws and the executive second power for order. And on the other hand, the people, consisting of, of the judicial, third power for justice, the news media, fourth power for as overseer of information, and the university, fifth power for administration of the budget. Additionally, transition from one person, one vote to one person triad votes, and children entitled to vote by way of their parents or legal guardians. Episode 3. Bigger Lie and Bigger Truth. <clears throat> The bigger lie is that the takeaway of the Bible is the golden rule. The bigger truth is that the one commandment in the Torah is the universal principle of knowledge as found in Genesis 1-1a Aleph. This one commandment encompasses all the 613 commandments of the sages, including the Ten Commandments Decalogue given to Moses at Sinai. Episode number 4. The Age of Empowerment of Postmodernity by Paradise Chat with God. Life is all about chatting with God. All we have to do to get the blessing of creative self-therapy of empowerment is to chat with God. The sweet spot for chatting with God is at Deuteronomy 6.8, with the ultimate point origin in Genesis 1-1a Aleph. Episode number 5, Biggest Lie and Biggest Truth. The biggest lie is escapism of messianism and mysticism and Defeat, defeatism of crisis as usual. The universal principle of knowledge is the biggest truth. Genesis 1-1a Aleph empowers us to integrate civilization and help save creation. Episode number 6. Civilization on Israel 1, Greece 2. 
the case is made for a creative civilization based on primeval Israel, then derivatively on classical Greece. But for Israel to constitute civilization requires having Genesis 1-1-A Aleph as the cornerstone of the Torah. Now with the lie, big lie, bigger lie, and biggest lie exposed and debunked and out of the way, Israel can play, can finally play its anointed role in history. Episode number seven. Ample examples from our from science, philosophy, and religion are provided as evidence of the existence of the underlying universal principle of knowledge at work in the Torah Bible. Executive summary. The thesis, the thesis is simply that the point origin of the Torah is a Genesis one way Aleph as Aleph uh, slash Bereshit, A slash in beginning of. The Torah is the layout of civilization. So, civilization is primeval Israelism of paradise. As creative creatures, we are a spark of the infinite source of light. On the side of modernity, as secular, there is no secret S slash. And we have the principles of Aristotle P, Plato D, and Socrates R acting separately. On the side of rabbinism and religion, we have Oral Torah S slash, composed of Messi uh, Messianism D, Mysticism R, and Crisis P. Who's who and what's what? The world is broken because it's split between secular Greece and religion Israel. But the question remains, is Israel founded on Greece or is Greece founded on Israel? This isn't a trivial question. Greece is founded on Israel. But at present, the problem is that Israel, under rabbinic Judaism, has no cornerstone principle for foundation. So, at present, as things stand, neither founds either. No wonder... Wonder no more why our world is bewildered. This essay, X podcast, pretends to put things straight once and for all. Please be advised that we're using the term rabbinism generically to stand for all religious and secular faith authorities in charge of things related to the Torah. The gatekeepers of the W's. At present, and for the last 3,000 years, we've had a situation of gatekeepers of the knowledge of the Torah. These gatekeepers are in charge of the who, when, where, why, how, and what of the matter in question. That pretty much covers everything. Like Pinocchio, a lie begs a bigger lie and so forth to keep the first lie standing. If you enter the wrong door of the labyrinth of the Torah and things don't come out as expected, you will start making up stories to account for the state of things until you're outside of time and space altogether. In a nutshell, messianism and mysticism too to crises, to face crises, habitual crises. Messianism of the Torah, of the oral Torah, of the radical right is taking over, and mysticism of the radical left is taking over as well. Both are way offside and by the wayside. Just like Messianism of the oral Torah hijacked the Torah as written Torah, mysticism of the Sohar Kabbalah equally hijacked the Torah by the Shehina as the wife of God. Both ended producing estrangement more so than closeness. In code, plain P takes over remis, uh, remit R and then over discover D and finally passes a secret S slash. The left tried to center the radical right and only served to become radical left itself, further throwing daylight between God and humanity. It went from cold reason to hot passion. This is reminiscent at the world stage of the age of romanticism of passion following the age of enlightenment of reason. Concerns Moses is the first among his peers. <clears throat> the way to understand the consonants of the acronym Paradise is as God's secret S as God's secret sought S slash hidden discovered the Raj D connecting reflect Remus R surface plane Peshat P. What we're proposing is a Teshuvah return to the original Torah to teaching 101 and Genesis 101 The tradition of Moses has strayed way too far from the point source of the Torah and Genesis 101 with Nevi'im prophets, Ketuvim writings, and Talmud, and in general, with the oral Torah understanding of things. All this is the combined force behind the brokenness of our broken world. What we need is to integrate civilization, PRD, and help in saving creation is bar. Slash. Even if Moses passed it on as tradition, those who came after him still had to be at his level to fully understand it, and there was none like him, much like whispering something from ear to ear and comparing the beginning with the end message. Not the same, 
much like a relay race, the baton keeps getting dropped and even and may even end up changing lanes. And besides, the leadership, both regal and religious, were notoriously corrupt, telling by the accounts of the books of the prophets. The problem with the oral tradition, that the oral Torah tradition, is that it's insinuating that the aura, that the Torah is incomplete, and thus opening the door to messianism. The Torah is complete with nothing missing. Its essence is hiding in plain view all this time, courtesy of misreading and misinterpreting the text. Another problem is mysticism. This we resolve by paradise, primeval Kabbalah, as just plain Napolitano gelato made of triad flavored vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry, and not like Pardes, medieval Kabbalah, of exotic and artificial flavors. Perhaps underlying all these concerns is how to express Aleph A S uh, parentheses, which is transcendent beyond our experience and of language. Normally, things say this thing is identified as existent as, existent as quote this is. The way around it is by way of Elohim, since we cannot say that Aleph as Yotrebave is. What is said is Yotrebave Elohim. Yotrebafre God, or else Yotrebafre Eloheinu, Yotrebafre our God. That is, the Creator Yotrebafre is unpronounceable. So the next best thing is the pronounceable God, or our God, as Yotrebafre Elohim, or Yotrebafre Eloheinu, our God. You can say anything in language, but not nothing as everything. There's only this roundabout way. Otherwise, some people call it Hash, uh, Hashem, the name, or else Adonai, our Lord. Or simply leave it as spelled out without further ado as Yotrebafre God. Let's fact check if this is accurate. Yotrebafre talks to Moses without the Yotrebafre Eloheinu tells Moses. Or directly at Yotrebafre Elei, Yotrebafre told me. With other people, it says Yotrebafre Eloheinu as it does, as in what does, in, as in what he does demand of you. This will become clearer with the elusive examples as follows. Leviticus 19.1-2 Leviticus 1.19.1 By Daber Adonai and spoke Adonai. Quote, And spoke Yotrebafre to Moses, saying, Comment, Most of the following material is covered in previous podcasts, so we won't spend time, more time explaining it. The point origin of Genesis 1.1-1-Aleph is much like one of, these, of those space telescopes which uncurl once off the rocket and into position set up before it actually starts taking snapshots of the universe for the cosmological narrative. Homework. No prior knowledge is assumed other than familiarity and interest with the quest of chatting with God for the creative self-therapy blessing of empowerment. All concepts and vocabulary required will be provided in due time. Also, since we're starting smack in the middle and not at the beginning, in order to highlight its importance in detriment to systemic creative exposition, we will have to leave the theory for homework to the listener. The assignment is to consult my books, my self-published books at Amazon, to get a better handle on the empowering approach of paradise. These books are, quote, Pardesism, Human Science 101, published in 2018, uh, quote, Paradise, the Age of Unveilment of Genesis 101-Aleph, published in 2019, the principle, quote, The Principle of World Caring in 2020, and lastly, Quote, saving creation in 2021. For ease of understanding, there are 70 or so videos on YouTube on topics from the books. Additionally, there are the other podcasts, X, the other X podcasts in this series on inaugurating paradise, postmodernity of empowerment at my website, paradiseism.org. The books are the source, the X podcasts are its divulgation. Working hypothesis. Our working hypothesis, hypothesis is that somehow the knowledge of the archaic fertile crescent of Egypt and Mesopotamia dovetailed onto Israel. Then the influence of Israel spread to Greece and through it far and beyond. This is past the working hypothesis stage and well into full-fledged theses. I arrived at the principle from scratch, but regarding addressing the concerns, I start off with the principle and apply it to the problem out there in need of updating in order to arrive at a solution. I don't try to rediscover the wheel. There are plenty of problems resolved out there, but in dire need of upkeep. In español, en Spanish, no le busques tres veces al gato. 
the problem of interpretation in translation is threefold, from within the tradition and from before Revelation and afterwards, namely, from Egypt, Mesopotamia, Canaan, Canaan and from Greece, respectively. The problem is that rabbinism, infrared and ultraviolet, as well as Hashkalah, comes up with the M&M to face crisis as usual due to their lacking the point origin. The unviability of this approach is, the Torah, is that the Torah, foreseeing such an eventuality, expressly forbids such a venture. This is in Deuteronomy 30, 11, 14, where it, states, where it clearly states that the commandment is close at hand to resolve habitual crises, and it is not in the heavens of messianism, nor is it beyond the seas of mysticism. The problem nowadays is that ancient Hellenism and the archaic Fertile Crescent have permeated everything. Everywhere you look, it has been touched by it. It shows up in every pore. Everything needs correcting from the bottom up. The thing is, the thing is that you really is that you cannot really change anything unless you restart everything from the point origin. Nothing really changes unless you change everything. Strategy. The, the definition of strategy is, quote, a general plan to achieve one or more long-term or overall goals under conditions of uncertainty. Our strategy is to apply the point origin thesis to showcase the inconsistencies, mostly due to adjustments to fit their narrative of modernity in Greece and of rabbinism in Israel. This requires taking samples from all across the board of culture and the Torah. Modernity and rabbinism are flip sides of the same coin. If rabbinism D, then modernity P, with habitual crisis R, all under today's broken civilization S. Furthermore, modernity and rabbinism are like the giant portrayed by Daniel. Uh, Book of Daniel 2.31-34, verse 2.31. Quote, O king, as you look on, there appeared a great statue. This statue, which was huge and its brightness surpassing, stood before you, and its appearance was awesome. Comment. Here Daniel starts his account of the dream of the king, who apparently had forgotten what he dreamt. Verse 232. The head of the statue was of fine gold. Its breast and arms were of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze. Comment. Crisis as usual. Formidable from the bully pulpit. Note, note that it is missing the crown. Verse 233. Quote. His legs were of iron and his feet part iron and part clay, comment, in charge of the army with mono, monopoly of violence and of the budget, but fragile by all accounts. Verse 234. As you look on, a stone was hewn out, not by hands, and struck the statue on his feet of iron uh, and clay and crushed them. Comments. Successive civilizations emanating from Greece will eventually fall, having only flimsy foundations of messianism and mysticism. This refers to the cornerstone in the Torah of the point origin, which will debunk modernity and rabbinism. At verse 235, quote, All at once the iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold were crushed and became like chaff of the threshing floors of summer. A wind carried them off until no trace of them was left. But the stone, the struggle statue, became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Comment. With their downfall will come post-modernity and post-rabbinism of the age of paradise empowerment from there onwards. This is the theme of this podcast. Translation is interpretation. Verily, translation is interpretation. We see it at every turn and corner of the discourse. The text is adjusted to fit an agenda precisely that of the reign of rabbinism of the oral Torah tradition. Needless to mention, it violates all rules of biblical hermeneutics of not adding nor subtracting, nor leaning right or left to favor a party. Do, uh, Deuteronomy 4, 2, 17, 11, and others. Postmodernity and post-rabbinism. The question on our minds is what comes after modernity? Well, postmodernity. And after rabbinism? Well, post-rabbinism. But what do these two post-periods look like? The following thoughts should provide us with the right sense of orientation. After, afterwards, we do close, closure. The difference between this episode and the previous one is like the difference between the foreground and the background. The truth of the matter is that rabbinism and modernity have much to their credit. After all, 
It took us from the Dark Middle Ages to Enlightenment up to the foothill of the Third Millennium. Of course, it also helped instrument crisis as usual as a thing we've all gotten to accept as part of the way things are, the normal. This lie is dispelled in the first podcast entitled Lie and Truth, Big Lie and Big Truth, so I will not go into it here. But both modernity and rabbinism were or are 99% right and only 1% wrong. Of course, the part they got wrong is the one, as in day one and not first day. But that aside, my guess is that what comes post these times will somehow build on top of it, much like the pyramids of Egypt and Mexico. That said, I would like to have, I would still have to have to start from the point of origin as the universal principle of knowledge. This refers that the one God displaced all forms of idolatry. Given that, given that cornerstone change, many customs remain unchanged. The idolatry referred to is getting rid of messianism and mysticism and crises as usual belief. People will continue eating tacos before as before, pizzas or burgers. You get the idea. By postmodernity is meant past the bondage of Greece. By post-rabbinism is meant past the hold of messianism and mysticism in Israel. By primeval Israelism is meant being free to return to the original mosaic meaning before the train wreck of our times. This is reminiscent of free from the bondage of Egypt, a restaging of biblical times in contemporary times. I beg the reader to not confuse rabbinism with the rabbis of the Jewish congregations. Rabbis are good, rabbinism is bad. The problem is that rabbis have to carry the baggage of rabbinism. The gripe. The gripe I have with rabbinism is messianism, but with Cohenism as well, and with kingship might I add. Might I add. And in general, with everyone who has been in charge of things in Israel since Revelation. What keeps me up at night is why is the world just as broken before Revelation as well as after the giving of the Torah. After all, the Torah is a teaching of how to do our job on earth as he does his in heaven, all proportions kept. Our job being civilization and his job, so to speak, is creation. There's nothing wrong with creation. Then why is civilization so wrong? The secular and religious leadership needs to be held accountable for its poor, uh, poor performance at the helm of things of the world. The solution to the problem that we're hearing coming up with could just as easily have been done back then as we're doing it right now. Furthermore, civilization and modernity is based on Greece and Hellenism. On Greece and Hellenism has been around since the times of the Tanakh prophets and writings. And if Greece could do it back then and is founded on Israel, why couldn't Israel do it do it itself? The question makes sense since what we're propose, here in proposing certainly isn't new. The Torah has been around and has remained unchanged in the slightest since we know of. Someone or some group has to be held accountable for all suffering to all concern, and I mean. And no, we cannot blame it on God by asking, where was God? Our failings are our failings. As leadership and followers, we need to start by taking ownership of our performance. We have simply been doing everything but what we were supposed and had to do. All we had to do was chat with God while studying the Torah. And they had us doing and they had us doing was praying. If you miss the one percent, not the first percent, out of the one hundred percent, then you miss the message for arriving late at the opening ceremony. Irrespective if you later on got the remaining ninety nine percent right. The one happens to be the one of the one hundred. The rest are zeros, which means that ninety nine percent amounts to zip. Cornerstone and Keystone Previously, we compared and contrasted the mind of Greece with the heart of Israel. Now, we'll do likewise. On the one hand, with the Cornerstone of Israel, and on the other hand, with the Keystone or Capstone of Greece. Interestingly, the Cornerstone is foundational, whereas the Keystone or Capstone is crowning of the edifice, what gives support from below and what keeps them together from above. Cornerstone is more like the secret S slash whereas the keystone is more like remit R. Torah and oral, oral Torah. Torah and oral Torah with a tor, Torah of oral Torah written with multi is fine. What is objectionable is passing the oral Torah written with capital T. That is, 
equating the oral Torah, small t, tradition with a Torah, degrading it as written Torah. Calling the oral Torah by the name of oral Torah, capital D, is simply disrespectful. It sounds much like using God's name in vain. Not that the Torah is the name of God, just that it is holy and should be treated with awe. Hijacking the Torah The oral Torahs, lowercase t, of Rabbinism de facto, hijacked the Torah by the subterfuge of calling it written Torah, and thus elevating itself from lowercase to uppercase oral Torah. The world as a whole and the world as parts have paid dearly the ransom price for the hijack. Rabbinism went from caretaker of the Torah to outright ownership. Offerings and Contributions The next thing in line is the question of sacrifices, animal and vegetable, and after the Kedah, excluding human sacrifices, also the mineral. There were three basic kinds of korban sacrifices, animal, grain, and money. The word korban offering derived from Kiruv approach, meaning gaining closeness to God through the sacrifices. Let's quote from Leviticus 1.9, verse 1.9. Quote, Its entrails and legs shall be washed with water, and the priest shall turn the hole into smoke on the altar as a burnt offering, an offering by fire of pleasing odor to Yotchevafri. Comment. The odor of the Ola burnt offering was meant to be Reach Nihoach, pleasing to Yotchevafri, to God. There were various types of korban sacrifice, namely the Hatat Sin, Ola burnt, and Shelamin peace. This is beyond me. Just mention it to, to be taken up later on. However, the point being that prayer and faith are rabbinical, not biblical. Narrative of Israel Nowhere does it say in the Torah that Israel should have a king to rule over the nation. Israel was ruled by judges and later by kings during the post-temple period. Second temple period. No, without, during the, the temple periods. There is a disconnect between the Torah teaching and the Nevi'im prophets. Herein is clearly, close, clearly stated what should be the role of his chosen people and nation. Namely, quote, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. But let's quote directly from the Torah and not trust memory for such a delicate matter. Exodus 19.5-6, verse 19.6. Now then, if you will obey me faithfully and keep my commandment, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples. Indeed, all the earth is mine. Comment, none for the moment. Verse 19.6. But you shall, be a, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel, to the Bene Israel. Comment, however, in spite of the above, the re people request a king to Samuel, as appears in the historic book 1 Samuel 8.22. From this we now quote. Verse 8.22, quote, And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their demands and appoint a king for them. Samuel then said to the people, All of you, go home. Comment, With all due respect, but this is like interacting with Google Maps. You type your where you are and where you want to go, and the app uh, provides you alternative routes. Irrespective of which route you take, the long or short one, the system will continue to provide instructions as to where to turn to reach your destination. Same here. God instructed them to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, and they chose otherwise, more aligned with the times of kingdoms. Yet, based on their choice, God kept helping them follow the optimal path. But this doesn't mean anything more than that. If you're going to ruin yourself, at least do it the least harmful manner. The quest that keeps me up at night is why was the master key to the Torah missed? Yes, missed alike in the being prophets s slash Kohanin, priest D, rabbis, sages are Levites, religious functionaries P, and the Haaretz in general, the people. It was with the passage of time and with the disappearance of prophets that the Kohanim took their place. And with the destruction of the temple, the Kohanim gave up control to the rabbis and sages, especially since the diaspora. But going back to the passage in question with, quote, indeed, all the world is mine as background, and foreground, quote, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. The Torah does not belong to anyone. It isn't anybody's property. It is a teaching to humanity to civilize and save creation given through, Mo uh, through Moses to the Bene Israel, children of Israel, for humanity. Nowhere does it say to turn the Torah into religion, but rather learn from the Torah 
which means teaching, how to be teachers of humanity. But for Israel to lead, it has to first get on its house, get its own house in order. The Torah is not a monolithic, nor is it a religion. Rather, it's Torah S slash religion D, philosophy R, science P. The Torah is one. Granted, this is not under discussion. But how it S slash unfolds to us is as triad PRD, since we live in a universe of mass P space R time D. Post-diaspora. It is hard to name the period we're in. It's post-temples and post Kohen priestism. It's certainly within rabbinism. With the destruction of the temples, Kohenism ended and came back with came back while rabbinism surged and paused and took over. The question now is when will the reign of rabbinism come to an end after over two millennia? The Sohar radiance in the thirteenth century Sepharat bringing bringing with it medieval brought with it medieval Kabbalah. This added mysticism to rabbinic messianism, but other than that, did little to change the status quo. It certainly did not debunk it, rather helps to reinforce the fight against crisis as usual by instituting escapism with freedom of choice. Perhaps it's taking it too far, things relevant to present times, though maybe not to our theme, is whether to live or not in Israel. Like in post-First Temple times, when the Judeans didn't want to return to Israel from their exiles in Babylonia, Babylon. The question I'm entertaining is, what follows next? Is it, go is it going back to post-Rabbinic Cohenism, understood as kingdom of priests and a holy nation? What comes to mind is the people exclaiming, quote, Speaking th Speak through Moses, lest we die, in Exodus 2016. Exodus 2016, verse 2016, quote, you speak to us, they said to Moses, and we will obey, but let not God speak to us, lest we die. Comment. This may very well have been the case, and then Moses reassuring the people that it's okay. Verse 2017. Moses said to the people, Be not afraid, for in order to elevate you has God come, and in order that there shall be fear of him upon your faces, so that you shall not sin. Comment. The idea is the evident need of even the need of interlocution of Moses between God and the people. But that was then and now is now. And rabbinism is not Moses. So the choice we have is to chat with God, as herein proposed with Deuteronomy 6.8, or else go astray. But chat with God means, by, means taking the sign of paradise onto our hand and leading humanity. Another question is the counting of the temples. We refer to the first and the second temple and mention it, and mention is made of the sequel. But does the Mishkan tabernacle count as the first, as the one, or as a one, as the first or as the one? Exodus, let's check it out. Let's read Exodus 25, 8 to 9, verse 25, 8. Quote, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Uh, no comment. 25, 9. Exactly as I show you the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. So you shall so you shall make it. Comment. Is it the case that Exodus happened holistically S and not triadically PRD? This would mean that the Mishkan is secret sought S while the third temple still needs erecting. But was King Solomon's temple the Deraj D or the Peshat P? The second in either case would be the Remes Remit R. My guess is that it was Peshat Plain P. This means that the third one would be the Raj discovered D, not a temple in the ordinary sense of the word. I cannot visualize going back to sacrifices, but what could be beyond synagogue prayer? What, what would chatting with God look like in a, on a social scale? The lacrimose history of humanity. <clears throat> the use of anachronisms of the word Jew, quote Jew, throughout instead of the corresponding term for each historical period. Starting with Hebrews, with Abraham, then B'nai Israel, children of Israel, with Jacob, Israel. Later on, as Judeans from Judea and Ephraim from Israel. Much later, we came the term Jew, Yehudi. What is the backstory of this youthish? Lacrimose history shines light on our eyes to blind us of the bigger, of the bigger picture of the 1% failing within the 99% success of religious secular and religious scholarship all across the spectrum of beliefs. The first mention of Yehudi, Jew, appears in Jeremiah 34, 9. Quote, 
that everyone should set free his Hebrew slaves, both male and female, and that no one should keep his fellow Jew enslaved. Comment. No hard questions, please, is a favorite saying of a Jewish professor, history professor on YouTube. Not saying, not saying that driving on the wrong side of the road is safe driving any more than head-on collision. But how do we know if we're going or coming? I understand, question, uh, uh, quote, no hard questions, please, to mean keep narratives separate to make life easy. Make narratives separate to make life easy. Which is fine, but comes at the price of a broken world of our own making by choosing these parallel, non-touching paths. The lacrimose history of the Jewish people is a name coined by a certain Mr. Baron. Gematria of Paradise What is the Gematria of Paradise as S slash PRD? P, P is 80, Resh, R is 200, Dalit, D is 4, and Samech, S is 60. Doing the math, we have S, 60, goes to 6, PRD, 80, plus 200, plus 4, gives 284, goes to 14, goes to 5, or else five, 6 over 5. But Paradise as S slash PRD is a concept statement, not two parts of a sentence. If we then If we then add then, add then, we get 6 plus 5 equals 11, goes to 2. This is telling us that they are equal as 1, 1, and go hand in hand as 2. If we move the base by subtracting 5, we will get 1 over 0. That he is all and we are nothing, or else that we are one digit, digit from him as 10, with him as 1, or worse to that effect. Recall in all this to be guided by the Keshartam, bind them, of Deuteronomy 6, 4. That is to view, no six eight. To, that is to view them, him creator and us creative creatures of creation as indissoluble or entangled. Age of enlightened reason. The age, the end of the age of enlightened reason may bring down rabbinic Judaism. Both date from antiquity of Greece and Rome. Rabbinic Judaism is based on the Tanakh. Mosaic Judaism is based solely on the Torah. Primeval Kabbalah is based solely on Genesis 1-1-A-Aleph. It's a no-brainer. Everything is preceded by God, including Bereshit, beginning of creation of the Torah. Hence, it started with an integrated pre-start at Aleph slash Bereshit A slash in beginning of. Based on Greece, based on Greece is lacking foundations. Recurring crises, but back to business as usual. What I do know is that the more you put weight on the building, the more you're pushing your luck. I will engage, but it is futile. It has no foundations. What gives it its support is paradise, common sense of tradition. Our world is going dark as we speak. The belief is that by addressing present-day issues, we're going to solve them. Short-term fixes only create long-term problems. The issues approach is just patchwork. It makes things worse by delaying the empowering, comprehensive solution. Fixing one thing at a time only makes things worse all the time. It has to be a both-and more than an either-or, and end up starting with a short-term and postponing indefinitely the long-term. Address both ends, short-term fixes and long-term solution, strengthening the parts at the price of weakening the whole. Prayer and chatting. The problem with prayer is that it is a one-way street, imploring for a favor and getting it. Much like a child crying to its parents for a toy and then the parents buying the toy for the child. Chatting, on the other hand, is a two-way street. We ask and receive reply. We have a problem and request instructions. We have an ache, an ache and want to know how to proceed to alleviate it. All we have to do is ask the W's on approaching life and the good and steering away from the noise of death and bad. Just keep the line open of ears and heart for replies and putting on the yoke, if need be, to plow the field and not be stiff-necked about it. The universe was not created just so that we could be happy. Prayer is like a child asking mom and dad for a toy. Chatting is more like one becoming an adult. Humanity should know better by now. As civilization, we're past our childhood stage, our teenage ages. We're now young adults and it's high time we started acting like such. Faith and practice. Christianity, orthodoxy, Christianity, Christian orthodoxy, and Judaism, orthopraxis. Thoughts S slash doxan D, values R, praxis P. The advantage of the faith approach is that you have only the present to worry about. The past is no longer an issue, and the future is already taken care of. 
faith saves. But can a person alone be saved? But are we part of a greater whole? Will faith then save the person and messianism save humanity? The problem I see with, quote, have faith and be saved, and quote, have faith and messianism will save us all, is that in the meantime, things continue broken and people suffering. In any case, what is the fate of the faithless, fate of the faithless? Meanwhile, we're just sitting on our hands for the faithful and the faithless suffer in this life till kingdom come. Wishes. If you were to ask me what my triad wishes were, are, I would reply to harness the triad PRD of religion D, philosophy R, science P, into teaching S, slash. Or alternative is wisdom D, knowledge R, understanding P, S, creativity S, smart. Or wisdom D, enlightenment R, erudism P, into revelation S. You get the idea of the table of equivalences. Meaning in Hellenism and Messianism and mysticism, Eminem. Things in the age of enlightened reason of Hellenism are like in Genesis 1, 2-3. Genesis 1, 2-3, verse 1, 2. Ve'ha'ares ha'ita, and the earth was. I'll read it in Hebrew first. Ve'ha'ta, no, ve'ha'ares ha'ita, tohu vavohu, ve'hoshek al-penei tehom, ve'ruach Elohim, merachefet al-penei hamai. Quote, and the earth was crisis and chaos, with darkness over the face of the deep, and a wind from God sweeping over the waters. Verse 1, 3. And said God, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Comment. This regrettable state of things in modernity is evident in the lack of meaning in life that seems to be prevalent. The belief is that the only way to find meaning in life is by embracing messianism, and mysticism and being happy. Star of David and Shield of Solomon. <clears throat> Triad and ellipse come from Star of David and Shield of Solomon, respectively. The ellipse is the Shield of Solomon, the Triad is the Star of David. The main triad unfolds as Triad of Triads, which makes four right triangles. The Star of David is made of two isosceles triangles, which are made up in turn of two right triangles, making four triads of paradise. The claim and the charge. Following the previous thought of Israel being a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, the claim is that Israel is a chosen people and the charge is to observe the commandment one or the one commandment. Deuteronomy 7 6. The claim. Uh, verse 7 6. Kiam Kadosh, for the people holy you are. Uh, quote, for the people consecrated you are to Yotchev of your God. If you did, he. In you did he choose Yotrebavhe, your God, to be for him a people treasured of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Deuteronomy 7.11, the charge. Verse 7.11, ve-ve-ve-shamarta and observe chatting with the commandment. Quote, observe chatting with the one commandment, and chatting with the laws, and chatting with the rules, with which I command you today to perform them. Comment. From Western tradition, there's the moral precept of noblesse oblige that to those more fortunate, more is demanded. This is ordinarily understood as, as giving charity. While there is nothing wrong, well, there is definitely nothing wrong with giving charity, but in the responsa, issues arise when a person of dubious characters gives his charity and requests his name be added to it, like a plague. plague. This matter is anecdotal, but the core is whether Israel should be leading in any way or form. This comes to the fore within our proposal of founding the new era on Israel and only then on Greece. You cannot lead from behind other than in a symbolic manner. We've seen that we've seen that leading with messianism and mysticism didn't do much to alleviate crisis as usual. Our thesis is that the commandment one is clearly the sign at Genesis 1-1-1, which happens to be the point origin tip of the guiding thread of paradise. Names matter. Israel and Jacob. During the creation story, God requests that Hadam, the Adam, name all the animals in the garden. Let's quote Genesis 2.19. Verse 2.19. And formed Yodhebafhe God. Quote, and Yodhebafhe God formed out of the earth all the wild beasts and all the birds of the sky and brought them to the human to see what he would call them. And whatever the human called each living creature, that would be its name. Comment. Are names just arbitrary convention? Would it even matter if 
Ha'adam had named the giraffe by the name lion or the lion named giraffe. This takes us to the notion of Hebrew being a holy language, not like English or Spanish with letters signifying sounds and not much more. Not so with Hebrew. The letters signify numbers and a meaning, and there is the math of gematria. Jacob's name was changed to Israel for the reason cited already. But at the national level, today, there are many countries whose names are confusing. Take, for instance, Mexican United States of for Mexico. As aligned in its time with the United States of America, would it matter if it aligned its name accordingly? And the same for other countries, too numerous to mention, whose official name is different from the name used on maps. My impression is that names matter, starting with naming naming one's children and nicknames and so on. Comment. The topic in this section is the name given to Israel as a people. There are various choices out there. In the prophets, various names are employed. In the Torah, it is basically Bene Israel, children of Israel. In the prophets, in the southern kingdom, it's Israelites, Judeans, and at one point, Jews. The northern kingdom was Ephraim. And as we saw above, the name of Jacob was changed to Israel for a reason. And nowhere are the subjects called, called children of Jacob. Israel is Yisrael, one who fought with God and with men and prevailed, as in Genesis thirty-two twenty-eight. Jacob and Israel are like different octaves of the same person. Jacob was tricky, whereas Israel was exemplary. All proportions kept human, very human still. Something along the lines of Israel, Bethlehem, and Jacob the Mut. Je let's quote. Genesis 32:28 verse 32:28 Vayomer Elayu and said to him quote, and said to him what is your name he replied Jacob comment the angel request Jacob what was his name verse 32:29 said he not Jacob shall be said any more to be your name but Israel for you have struggled with the divine and with men and you have prevailed comment Israel Israel struggles with God is chatting with God and dialoguing with men. We saw before that Israel. We saw before that Israel, Israel stands for. But we saw before what Israel stands for. But what does Yehudi Jew stand for in Jeremiah thirty-two nine? Well, Yehudi Jew is Yod Y ten He H five Vav V six Dalit D four Yod Y ten. This adds up to 8. <clears throat> the 335 adds up to 8. The number 8 stands for the letter Het, H, and means tent wall, tent wall divide half. On the other hand, Yisrael, Israel is Yod, Y, 10, Shin, 300, Ra, R, Aleph, A, Lamet, L, 30, Aleph, 1. This adds up to 1, which stands for the letter Aleph, meaning Het. My sense in this brief math exercise is that Israel can lead forward, whereas Yehudi stands divided. But does it really matter? Yes, it does matter, and quite a bit. This aligns with the charge spelled out in Exodus 19.6 of Israel being a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Can a house divided even stand, much less amount to much? Comment. The name Yehudi, Jew, is rabbinic. The name Israel, Israel is biblical. In the Torah, one is made up all the while the other is revealed. I'll leave it for you to conclude on your own. Blessing upon the world. Humanity receives blessings through Abraham. Genesis 12, 12 1-3. Verse 12, 1. Quote, And said Yotrevavche to Abraham, because he was Abraham then, and said to Abraham, Go forth from your native land and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Comment, not for the moment. Verse 12, 2. And I will make you a great nation. Quote, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Comment. This is where God tells Abraham, 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 knowing that he, what he has in store for him. Verse 12, 3. And I will bless those who bless you. I will bless those who bless you and the ones who curses you I will curse. And all the families of the earth shall bless themselves by you. Comment. There is no mention of families of the earth or civilization proper. No mention is made of religion as such, separate from nation.
Learn by heart, not by script. Let's now see what the Torah says regarding learning things. Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. 6, 6. Vechayu ha, ha, de, ha de barim. And take these instructions. Take instructions these with which I charge you this day to heart. Comment. It stays to learn them by heart, not to script them. They are not meant for acting them, but for living them. Verse 6-7. lebanecha. And, and impress them on your children. Quote, and impress them upon your children, and you shall speak of them when you stay at home and when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Comment. It stays to publicize them, not to keep them to yourself, family and outside to the public as your ministry. Leadership is expected of each of us. By exerting ourselves, it brings out the leadership in us. The things you find hate, hateful there you found an obligation. Israelism and paradiseism. Israel slash ism and paradise slash ism. There is a one-to-one -one correspondence between primeval Israelism and paradiseism. Blessed or blessed or holy is God. This is a concern of mine insofar, insofar as Spanish speaker. Blessings are what God gives humanity. God also wants us to be holy as he is holy. In Spanish, bendito eres, holy you are, and bendecido eres, blessed you are, are not the same thing. Like in the prayer, baruch Adonai, blessed are you Adonai. In following is my understanding of things. This kind of thing keeps me up at night, and I wouldn't mind improving my sleep. Allow me to quote from the prophets, since prayer is rabbinical, as we've just proved above. I will abbreviate. Isaiah 6.3, verse 6.3. Ve kara se el se, and said one to the other, quote, and call one to the other, Holy, 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 Yotrebafre hosts. Comment, Yotrebafre is slash host slash Holy D, Holy R, Holy P. Ezekiel 3.12. Uh, yes, uh, 3.12. Baruch, Kebota, Blessed is the presence of God. Blessed is the presence of Yotrebafre in his place. Comment, what is blessed or blessed is the presence of Yotrebafre. This settles the matter. For us, we, we, are be, we are bewildered with shortcuts. The prayer is really translated as Baruch Atah Kevot Adonai. Blessed is the presence of Yod and not blessed are you, Yod Or else, quote, Atah you are understood in place of your presence, quote. That is, either Baruch Atah Adonai, blessed are you Adonai, or else Kadosh Adonai, holy Adonai, and so on. In simpler terms, this is alternatively explained by the use of the common of the comma, like in let's eat children and let's eat children. Conclusion. Modernity is Greece in the big picture and rabbinism is Israel in the small picture. They are consorts. If one prospers, the other prospers. But unfortunately also, if one falls, the other falls as well. They are like flip sides of the same coin. So where do we go from here? This is the guiding question in the next episode.